Ooh, that's that's different looking. <laughs> I think he just gave us our our intro anyway. That's our cold our cold open. We are live, everybody. But we're also on tape. We are deep down in the ballast. How the music? Christopher Folds, Magic Mike, and the Bill. It's Camloops last week, 112. 12, 112? 112. Yeah, Your great. energy, by the way, it's got to be better this week. Last week, you weren't even here. I was you here. were somewhere else. I carried the show as usual. <laughs> One twelve. It's that famous R&B band from the late '90s. They had that uh, Peaches and Cream song. One twelve is a band. One twelve was also the uh, international code. Like the nine one, our nine one one is one twelve everywhere else in the world. It's kind oh. of interesting. Yeah, so didn't know that. Pe yeah, Peaches and Cream. Peaches and Cream. One twelve was also the uh, the unit in my uh, <laughs> in my uh, Bevan Gardens where the Lords moved over. The Lords, Darren and uh, and a uh, bunch of bunch of Lords, Steve Lord, four brothers, and they introduced us to. Soccer and Man United and Georgie Best back oh, in the 70s. Have you seen the Beckham documentary? Oh, watched it the other night. We watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, four hours. it's crazy. So I, I just <laughs> love love football. Okay, but you could you would like this regardless of whether you like sports Posh Spice or not. is in it. You like? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Posh Spice. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of another 90s band, he yes. might be the the best looking man that's ever existed. No, David no, Beckham. no, no. He's Paul right. Newman, Robert yeah, Redford, Paul maybe. Newman, circa the Hustler, <laughs> 1962, best looking man in the world. When I watched it again, my wife, my heart. Flutters. Late so 90s Robert Redford. No, Paul Newman's right better there. looking than, than, than Robert Redford. I, I don't know, Jason Momoa. Uh, <laughs> more Paul Momoa. Newman's <laughs> eyes, his eyes are mesmerizing. Yeah, they are. 12, anything for you? Not not after that. i got to think about Paul Newman all day. Paul Newman. Are we recording? <laughs> amazing. Plus, great yep. salad dressing that's no longer available in Canada. Oh, yeah. that's I love the Newman salad dressing. There's actually a Paul Newman that uh, manages a music store in Calgary. And uh, that's his big joke, is that he actually also does cell dressing. It doesn't matter. It's terrible. Okay. We have, uh, it's going to be a heavier show today. We'll introduce our guests right now. So we're going to have on today, we're talking about the Middle East and what's going on. As of this morning, more than 1,200 Israelis confirmed killed by the attacks by the Hamas militants by land, air, and sea. That was on Saturday. More than 900 residents of the Gaza Strip, including 260 kids, children, killed by the Israeli counterattacks. Uh, it's terrible what's going on. We have two guests coming on to kind of help us understand um, the situation. We have Heidi Coleman of the RH Foundation, but she's also president of the Jewish Community Center of Kamloops. She's not really going to talk about the political side of things, though. She wants to talk about the personal side and uh, and uh, what the Jewish community in, in Kamloops, small though it is, what they're doing to uh, to respond to it, and uh, just some some thoughts on um, on on the heartbreak over there and some cousins over there, and and just basically how they can help either symbolically through vigils or through donations just to help the victims and to talk about just you know how this affects victims on all sides right and for the political side of things we have Syra Bano assistant professor of politics at TRU we're going to talk about Hamas Israel the Palestine history, history. And, uh, whether this can ever be solved Russia Russia yeah yeah so we'll get to that in a second Thanksgiving how was it you know, it was light, lighthearted this Thanksgiving because uh, we got together to make cranberry sauce. 
which is known in other parts of the world as American sauce. As disgusting, too. Oh, yeah, disgusting. and if the funny thing is, I don't like it, you don't like it. I love it in the can. It's the and that just proves my point that uh, there's uh, Chris has no taste. Who got together to make it? Your whole family? Uh, yes, and, and you guys, as you were there, right? Oh, oh, I was actually to ask you gen genuinely <laughs> about your Thanksgiving. Oh, I thought you were asking what we did as a no, trio. No, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Oh, I just thanks. wanted to talk about Thanksgiving first, for real. Oh, thanks. I spent, I spent Thanksgiving out on the, um, on the lake um, with, with family and friends. My sister and, and everybody got together. And, in Sikki. Uh, in Sikkimus, yeah. And actually, at the Narrows, actually. And you're talking about doing a big Jaws event out there now. Yeah, that's where that came up, was a late night around a fire. We thought, wouldn't it be awesome to do Jaws and, and have, like, Big screen set up and everybody be on floaties and uh, you know the uh, it might be sketchy. I wouldn't remote controlled sharks. That yeah, exactly. Really, really interesting. That's a great idea. I, I think, think it'd be fun. I, I'd do it totally. Yeah, it's cool. What about you? Thanksgiving. Just uh, I worked much of Thanksgiving and because um, we've got this ridiculous new deadline where you have to work all weekend to get the paper out. But um, we had went to my uh, sister in law's place and had ham. My, my son came out from Vancouver. And we, we had a nice dinner. Who was all there? Everyone. <clears throat> Everybody, this is but but Catherine's side. Catherine's side of the family. Yeah. yeah, it was good. It was good. We had a good meal. We're very tired. Went to bed early. How'd you feel about the Lions game? Getting old. Yeah, that ruined my weekend too. So don't even want to talk about that. Mike, you watched the Lions game? Oh yeah, yeah. Ridiculous display. That coach should be fired. <laughs> well, Rick Campbell. Yeah. Again, another again another example of of someone who and, and not just me. Rick Dollywall said it on on the on the. Uh, Dolly Wall and um, Donnie and Dolly. Uh, Donnie Dolly show yesterday or today. I don't know. I listened, watched it last night. He, he, he echoed exactly what I was tweeting in my wine-induced rage on Friday that, you know, you, you blow, you blow, you, you waste a, a challenge on a play that everyone knows is ridiculous in the ridiculous. first half. You yeah. don't have it for the second on Vernon Adams' obvious first down. You go for third and one and you call the most. The challenge you hated. The challenge was horrible and Dominic Rhyme should have went down. It was three seconds. He would have went down. We would have won the game. I didn't know you were tweeting. Did you tweet something out that night? Uh, I tweeted something out. Oh, let me find it here. I did. I just said, you know, it, it, the coaching was it, was, it was. And this is not, I have nothing against him except that he's the son of Hugh Campbell. But it, 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 it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling sometimes. I think he's old for forever on challenges. Why you would challenge, even, even, even Farhan Lalji and uh, Glenn Suter were saying that's not a good challenge. And you get one challenge and then you lose it for the rest of the game. And when he could have challenged it and it would have had a first down, the whole game would have been changed and my weekend would have been better. Yeah, I'm just so, reading your tweets. Yeah, it ruined now. my weekend too. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous, man. <laughs> it, it, I, I, I would rather them got blown out again 55 to 10 rather than they had, they had a 10 point lead with two minutes left and they lost. Yeah, you're still, here you are, Foldsy fired up, but I still maintain Campbell's stupid challenge earlier, which was obviously destined to fail, should be the focus. He's notoriously horrible in that department. This loss ends any shot at the Great Cup. Yeah. So you're, you're, that's it, season over. They have to go, to go through Winnipeg now, and when they go to Winnipeg in the Western Final, in fact, I'll, 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 I guarantee they're, gonna, they're not going to just lose. They're going to get blown away because they can't win in Winnipeg. They're, they're going to lose by 20. This is what you, you do. You turn on your team so quickly. I love the Lions. Get my lunchbox out. Hey, Sean White. Oh, Rick Campbell sucks. Team's done after one loss. Bandwagon. Because of the, the poor decisions. I mean, they're mind-boggling bad decisions. How come they can't see that? 
They're just horrible. And then on the last play, the last play, why didn't they get call call timeout or get together and say, you guys, if we happen to catch this pass by a miracle, get down right away. They didn't do that. They didn't put attention to detail. That, I get Rhymes is a bat. They say, well, he, he's a warrior, and these guys have adrenaline. But if you would have if you would have put it <laughs> into their head right then to say, no matter what happens, get down. So, so Sean White kicks a field goal. We would have won the we. They would have won the game. Let's just say it's you, Foldy's receiver. Yeah. You go. You catch that ball. You see open space. I could be the hero. I could. If I could my, get there. If I had proper coaches, I would have remembered. Oh, it's five seconds I might get caught get down it's three seconds left because it was eight seconds from the time they they know how many how many seconds to run a route get down 35 yard line field goal they host the Western what final. if what if Rhymes goes in and score scores and they win the game you're not having any of this you know no, but he didn't he got he got traced down he yeah. didn't that's the point he didn't get, and they, he wasn't told enough uh, uh, you know specifically enough they didn't emphasize it enough to get down don't the Lions have the fortitude the depth to come back and to get over this and, and to recover and go on to great things and They'll win the Great Cup. probably lose at Hamilton this week. Because <laughs> there's nothing underdog. to play for Classic anymore. Underdog they, story. They, are, they are locked into, they have to win both games. And then Winnipeg has to lose both games. That's not going to happen. So these last two games mean nothing. So I'll be sitting at Browns probably drinking a few beers and not even watching it half the time. Yeah, not, you won't watch you know. it. I know. And then, and then in, in three, and then they get a bye. And then, and then on November 12th or whatever, yeah, 12th, 11th, I think it's Remmer's Day, they're going to play at home against Saskatchewan or Calgary. They're going to win. Everyone's going to be, oh, great. Next week they go to Winnipeg. And then it's going to be another long winter because they're coming off a 20-point loss because of horrible coaching decisions in October. <laughs> it's Benedict Foles. He's just fully <laughs> Just it's unbelievable, nuts, man. I mean, it does drive me nuts. It's, it's, I don't understand. It, it happens all the time. You think the conflict in Israel is never ending? It's it's the conflict on the sidelines where they can't make a bloody normal decision. It's not just me, man. It's Farhan Lalji and it's Rick Dollywall and and. and if you want to get Foldsy fired up, the energy's good today from Folds. The bill season's over, too. That. It ended on the weekend in London. And that, again, why did they go there on Friday? You John know, McDermott. You know? John McDermott you know, you're has to answer have, questions. Yeah, Matt Milano gets seasoned. There's another guy, Peck, yeah. uh, Daquan, out for the season. Buffalo's in big trouble. Buffalo's that done now. Trey White's out. there so late, I know. Yeah. But anyway, you were talking earlier about... Our cranberry up, right? journey. Yeah. I like cranberry. And it all started with trying to find the right kind of cranberries but um yeah we found those and he i mean because of you 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 knew where the cranberries were and you took us there didn't you well yeah because i i remember when jessica wallace did a story uh, a few years ago about uh, the secret uh, wild asparagus growing it, a lot of people got into that's out by in your neck of the woods out in valley view so i thought well if there's going to be asparagus there there has to be some cranberries up on the hill and lo and behold and we well we went there right but you and i had to go in a separate vehicle because he was so fired up about rick campbell losing he was just yelling yelling out the window oh! Lions, and we had, so we had to go se yeah, yeah, right. separate, right? Felt weird, yeah. We took you and I one of the 2024 SUVs that are here right now the seven seater Alice and the five seater Atlas cross seats. It was comfy, yeah. fuel efficient, too, right, Mike? No, the best, like hardly any fuel to get to Valley View. The upscale interior, which <laughs> You also had in your Volkswagen Electric, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, absolutely. And you could, can't, when I, I couldn't even believe I was driving because you can't hear the car. No, you so people could hear you more clearly yes, yelling, yelling out, outside of the window. The yeah, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, the, I just thought about this: is Volkswagen electric cars would be really good for cow bellowing, 
you know, mooing at cows from the, the car. That's yeah. what you do. Yeah. Well, third, third generation. How do you yeah. do that again? How do you make the sound? <laughs> well, it depends on what speed you're going. But if you're going about 80 kilometers an hour, you have to go. Is that like a lot higher? That's right. the Doppler effect. Yeah, the correct. Doppler effect. Yes, that's right. right. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, we go out and everyone's in a good mood now because we stopped at McDonald's mm-hmm. and we had a coffee. Folds has calmed down, right? And I that, hate pumpkin spice anything, but the McDonald's is actually bearable. I, I don't know this. Do they actually have a pumpkin spice? Well, I, you can put it in with the stir stick if you want. Okay. <laughs> so you did that, and we went up, and we got the cranberries. But what are cranberries? They are messy. They get on to clothes, and you get dirty. And Stained. what do you have to do after that? Well, actually, this is where it became a huge problem, because we decided we'd go to Gord's uh, Maytag to wash uh, Chris's shirt, which was covered in cranberry juice, but because he was yelling obscenities about the BC Lions, we didn't want to travel with him because we were afraid he was going to get pulled over. But amazingly enough, we got there, we put it in there, and uh, had a cookie, and his shirt came totally clean. Not his mouth, but his shirt. It's because the big appliance fall sale is here too. They had the Electrolux laundry towers, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, Folds was up on the top of the loudspeaker. These towers, talking about the lions. He had a dartboard set up with, cran- with he's the- throwing cranberries across the the store, making a mess in gourds. Yeah, total mess. Yeah. And he was making a mess. He was a total mess and was making a mess. One of them actually landed though in one of the induction cooktops. And we made this beautiful cranberry sauce in gourds because, and they have the wall ovens too. You brought your stuff and we put it in the one of the wall ovens, the refrigerators. You can mix, mix and match those. You can save two honey and three honey. Yeah, yeah. You buy two appliances, you get $200 off. You buy three, you get $300 off. That buys a lot of cranberries. It does. And, well, and yeah, it does. Absolutely. What a weekend. One of our best. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on now to the title of Hastings. It's brought to you by McDonald's. We're going to be talking to Heidi Coleman. She is the president of the Jewish Community Center of Kamloops. Hey, what can I get for you? How are you doing today? Good, how are you? Good, I got a question for you. Have you ever been really stressed out before? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Do you remember the last time that happened? What happened to you? Um... I don't know really. Honestly, I just got really stressed, so I just really kind of focused on what I was stressed about and kind of just pushed through it, I guess. Oh, that's great advice right there. What about if you're really stressed out, what do you normally order at McDonald's? Uh, depends. In the morning, normally I get a chicken muffin, and if you make it like a BLT, it's really good. All your and problems then, are gone. Oh, and what else? Uh, and then for lunch, probably I would do anything like crispy chicken, like the McCrispy, anyway, like spicy. Like, there's so many options for it, it so it, I think it's really good. You can, like, switch it up if you feel, right? Okay, it seems like chicken is your zen meal. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, I'm going to stick with coffee this morning. I'm okay. going to get two coffee, both medium, mm-hmm. both with two cream, but one of them decaf. <laughs> Heidi Coleman, Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Folds called you. You're in Toronto. You're jet lagged, but you came here anyway. So we appreciate you coming here and, and spending some time with us. Thanks. You are the CEO of RIH Foundation, but you're also the president of the Jewish Community Center of Kamloops. So let's start there. What is that? Well, I think when I got off the plane 11 years ago and I found my people down by the river, it was Yom Kippur. And there's a tradition of throwing your sins or your bad 
things you've done all year and ask for forgiveness. I found them by Riverside Park. My son was little at the time and we walked over. I saw a group of people huddled and I figured that must be them. And then Tom Friedman was there and he opened up the circle and I came in and they said, oh, you're from Montreal. And they said, do you want to be our president? I swear it was that fast. But uh, because he had been president for a long time mm -hmm. and he was running for the NDP and stuff like that. So uh, I'd gone to private Hebrew school in elementary and spoke Hebrew and coming from Montreal, it was a bigger Jewish community. So the Jewish community of Kamloops, I call it Kamloops, I think they put center in there because they had dreamed of one day fundraising for a center, mm -hmm. a synagogue or a physical building. Physical building yeah. So that they put the name out there as a dream. Mm -hmm. uh, but we don't have a center, but we do gather in people's homes and there's been beautiful um, outpouring of, um, like not requests, but offers from the United Church. If you ever want to use our church on a Saturday, we obviously don't use it. It's, so we're looking for a non-denominal space, but we're very happy that people do offer that to us. In times like these, what is the role? Yeah, this was, uh, th this is like where emails go out and calls and, you know, what can we do? People feeling shocked and helpless and, and sad. And so uh, that's why we're going to do this vigil tonight. It's a candle uh, lighting vigil uh, just down at the um, city hall. And, you know, even, even the wording of it, you know, we, we obviously feel very sad for the people of Israel. We know that it's not just Israelis who are being killed. And we saw that there's Canadians, uh, Americans people that were visiting, mm. a lot of kids that came to that music concert. Yeah. And then, of course, we know that there are Palestinians, uh, civilians. That's what we're talking about, civilians who are being mm. killed. In, the in, innocents. In the innocents. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't know the rules of war, but, boy, children, mm -hmm. uh, young moms, elderly people, I, I don't... Well, it's not war, it's terrorism. Yeah, terrorism, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, now there's war, but you're right. That now was absolutely terrorism. Yep. terrorism. And, you know, I, what I loved is that, you know, I've been reading social media, but sort of deciding to go off it a bit because there's a lot of yeah. um, angry rhetoric and yep. th things from Amy Schumer posting to friends of mine. And, you know, people are saying, you know, your Jewish friends are feeling very sad. Please reach out. What's been on your mind most these last few days? Well, you know, I have uh, cousins in Israel. They live in Tel Aviv. And uh, so for sure them and, you know, my cousin Howard said to me, uh, you know, it's unbelievable that he said that things worked out for his family because his daughter, he said, I thank God and, and uh, uh, Bruno Mars. And I said, why Bruno Mars? And Bruno was in Tel Aviv or somewhere else in northern Israel doing a concert. And his daughter was on the Reim uh, army base because she's still doing her army service and he, he said she wasn't there she was up at the concert she got leave and so she came back down and of course her friends some are dead and some are missing from that so she was right in the thick of it he doesn't even think she's realized what's happening so I worry about you know people that I know well I can say their names and then I just can't believe what parents are going through looking for their children posting and 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 then of course I worry about what's gonna happen next you yeah. know what's what do you happening? think about that I mean yeah. and what, what worries you most about what could unfold well you know I don't want to talk too much politics here yeah. but I worry that you know will you use you see so there's gonna there's retali retaliation or there's you know going on I know that Israel is telling people in Gaza you know if they're bombing this get out of that building I don't know where they're supposed to go I don't know what Egypt's doing you know they do share a border with Egypt and mm -hmm. as everybody's been saying you know Gaza has not been occupied since 2004 or 5 but I just worry about people mothers and their children I just worry about um, people's people's 
PTSD, people's sanity, and how do people go on? Um, and I think like we're in a post-human error. Era. Era. It's, yeah. It is an error. It's an error <laughs> and an right. error. That's right. human. Yes, it is. Yeah, like, it's just like it's, a like, it's so bleak all the time. These, I'm not an expert in the Middle East, but yeah. that's the first thing I think about is, where, when does this end? Does It can't, it can't end. It's just it never constantly ends. bleak. If this chapter ends, something else is going to happen. I mean, and I'm, I'm obviously not from there, so how does it affect you kind of having that over your head? Yeah, like all my life, uh, living, living in Montreal had a big Jewish community, but even going to McGill and there was, you know, always, you know, the pro-Israel, pro-Palestine mm -hmm. pal tables and Concordia University had a very large Palestinian population and they were, everybody is of course free to demonstrate and say what they have but you know it's it's been it's been a lot that I've been asked of myself, you know, to stand up for Israel, stand up for being Jewish, worried about being Jewish, mm -hmm. uh, feeling like are we targeted? Uh, there was a very large demonstration in um, in Toronto when I was there, but I don't know if you've noticed, but I broke my foot and because the police, uh, yeah, I'm wearing a boot, but no. the police cordoned off like two subway stations in Toronto. So you had to walk about a, two kilometers to get there. So I didn't go up for that, but always feeling uh, like worried about um, being Jewish sometimes, but being proud. And I don't want my son to grow up, uh, no. you know, feeling like, wow, we were, there was the Holocaust and then, you know, the, this targeting of Jews, like anti-Semitism that's going around now in the world and people are scared to wear their kippah uh, and then you know you know are people gonna say like well you know what's wrong with us why do people hate us so much and then there's you know anti-semitism is different than what's been going on in Israel and that's always been a divided place I've been to Israel probably 20 times uh, I used to lead trips there we always tried to get you know the other view you know we're educating young Canadian kids so it was always important to explain what was going on but saying that Israel has the right to exist, this one democratic com country and, you know, uh, all yeah. of these Arab countries. And, and don't forget, which some people do forget, is that we had Jews living in Syria, Iraq, Iran, uh, Tunisia, Morocco, where they were forced to leave, a lot of them, and they don't get to go back and reclaim their house and stuff like that. So there's this whole other side. And I can't go through the history because nope. it's so, you really, your mind would yeah. blow up. Well, it's so yeah. complicated, so long, and so repetitive, too. Right. I mean, I remember when I was uh, probably 10, 11, 12, I remember when uh, Jimmy Carter had Camp David, uh, and it was a peace accord. We thought, That's oh, there's right. peace in the Middle East, and yeah. there's been about a dozen since, and it never sticks. So never sticks. What's the difference between being a Jewish person in Montreal? I've been to Montreal, yeah. and the East is way different than the West. I think in Kamloops, it's one-tenth one of one percent of the, of the people the census identified as being Jewish. How is that different in the, the dynamics of, of, of living, basically? It's a great question because, you know, when you, when you live in Montreal, it's like how they joke about, you know, New York is Jewish or you can always get a bagel here. And, and Montreal is, I felt like I didn't have to wear my Judaism or I had places to go and, and the city had a long history of the Jewish community. Here I find if we don't, uh, we got to organize more and, you know, we, we organize, you have to be more of a practicing Jew, yeah. but not necessarily religious, because I'm not religious, mm -hmm. you know, I, I really am not, And I, but I love the tradition of what Judaism taught me, which was, you know, baskets to the poor and helping one another and giving charity. And, you know, if you think about Martin Luther King and the marches, who was out there, you know, marching with him, there were a lot of Jewish people that felt that human rights were really important. So here, I think we'd have to do more things to mark the day. Uh, and so we do our seders and, and, and we 
do, you, you know, Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah and Hanukkah, and we, we gather to keep it going so we can teach our children because we don't, like you say, don't have a synagogue. And some people do go to Kelowna, mm -hmm. and, and which is important for them to do that. Your husband's Glenn Hilke. Yes. Well-known uh, man of the people who helps all the people. We have him on the show, I think, once once or twice. Is he also Jewish? Glenn is not Jewish, though he thinks he's yeah, Jewish. He, he acts. He's, because yeah. he, he broke, he, he, he was born in Brooklyn. Yes. And uh, actually his first wife and the mother of his kids uh, was Jewish. And so I joke with him, like, you have some crazy thing that you need to be with <laughs> well, Jewish mentioned... women to, to run your life. I don't know, which obviously I don't do. Well, you uh, mentioned bringing baskets to the poor. And the first thing yeah, I thought was, was Glenn yeah, uh, all yeah. over the city here. So Glenn yeah. grew up in a very Jewish neighborhood in Brooklyn. He said his, you know, his Irish grandmother spoke Yiddish because she she had to, you know, work with the the people in the store. So he he feels that he is, but he's he's not. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna, Mike. Do you have any questions? Uh, no, I, I think there, there's a vigil tonight. What what yeah. else can we do to help support our friends in uh, yeah. in Israel? So I think even. Well, there are some, I can pass them to you. There are some, of course, some charities. Uh, something that's just come up that I didn't realize was that my friends in Toronto, as I left, as I was at the airport, they were texting me and saying, hey, listen, we're getting a call from uh, the Jewish community in Toronto that a plane, a cargo plane from El Al is landing in Toronto and they need all kinds of supplies because they're moving the people that live close to Gaza, the, the Jews, let's say the Israelis north, and then they have all these IDF soldiers that are coming up, like people who are on reserves, kids that were vacationing in Vegas or whatever are all coming back to Israel. And so they're asking for socks and all kinds of things. I mean, the list was huge. So I just said, you know, please count me in for $100. And then, uh, so they, she showed me videos of bringing all the stuff and then there are a lot of charities of course where you can give to um, Magenda Vida Dome is the ambulance service so it and there is something for Palestinian children I can pass that on to you yeah. and if people want to 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 um, to, to raise some money or give money for for people who are you know tr for the medical stuff too and and for the loss so I'm just w reading that and watching to see where I'm where I'm going to give but I can definitely pass that on What's your hope for how this chapter ends? Yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, the terrorism hits you like 9-11. And I think when I, when I first heard this, I walked into my friend's house in Toronto and they, the TV was on, but I had just been visiting my mother in the hospital, so I didn't even know what was going on. And I walked in and they were like, through air, through their, they're attacking Israel. I just thought it was going to be almost like, like a bomb goes off and it's all gone. You know, I just felt that terrible pain in my heart and then I just feel how's it going to end I just I worry what's coming like I think there's just going to be more pain more more bloodshed and I, I don't understand how I'm not really sure how it's going to end but I I've, I just wish that there were some leaders from other Arab countries that can come forward and sit with Netanyahu and try and quell Hamas and just say you got to stop because the the the, the more people are going to die on both sides mm -hmm. And those, the leaders, the terrorist leaders, you know, they make deals, but, you know, who, who's dead, who's being buried are, are young people. Yeah. On both sides, and yeah. we've got to remember, Hamas is not the Palestinian people necessarily, no. right? No, they're absolutely not. And, and I think we're hearing from some Palestinian leaders, or, or not leaders, but individuals who are speaking up on social media, and mm. I think we need more of that. But what I am worried about is a lot of the, the, the rhetoric that I see, the very negative things about, you know, that this was deserving, yeah, and, and yeah. so well, I have to stay off of it. You got to get I, off. It's mental yeah, health. Yeah. I had to. Last doom scrolling last night, a couple yeah. of days. It's it's like doom scrolling. You don't mean to, but everything on yeah. there just agitates you. 
how, how do you explain this to kids and how how do we move forward so it's or is it just another one just another I fear it's going to be one another yeah. but just the one of the worst ever yeah yeah, yeah. okay Thanks for joining us. Thank Thanks you. for having me and uh, hug your kids and try and figure out how we all move forward and that get over this cruelty. You know, I think it was March, uh, sorry, March, October 9th that it was John Lennon's birthday. Mm. So they were, there was a lot of stuff about imagine and, peace. you know, peace yeah. and, mm. you know, so let's hold on to that. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thank you. Have Thank a great you. day. Thank Thanks. Reese Wilson, we're back. Were you on time today or were you late for work today? I was actually super early today. I got here at 8.30. Proud of you. <laughs> Is that true? That sounds like people are laughing in the background. I was here before both <laughs> of them. <laughs> She's ducking from the camera again. <laughs> okay. Thanksgiving. Big weekend. You're going hunting. Yes, yes, I am. But what does Thanksgiving have in common with Gord's Appliance and Mattress Center? Um, Thanksgiving and Gord's. I'll give you time to think while we look at this <laughs> lovely Electrolux setup here. Laundry tower, big appliance fall sale on now at Gord's Appliance and Mattress mm -hmm. Center. Beautiful machines right here. Both something that you should be grateful for. Oh, amazing. <laughs> and you'd have to be a jive turkey not to shop here at Gord's. Yeah, exactly. One, two, Syra Bano, thank you for joining us this morning. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me. So you are an assistant professor of politics at TRU. Can you give us some background, just general background on the Israel-Palestine situation? Help us understand some of the core issues that are at play here. So this Israel-Palestine issue is century-old issue. So this is where uh, Palestinian has, uh, they have been denied their right to have land, uh, their right of self-determination. And uh, this is the issue that has been lingering along. Uh, throughout this Middle East crisis, what we have seen that Arabic countries, all these Arab countries, they had, and there was broader uh, support for two-nation theory, that uh, Palestine, Palestinians, they are entitled to have their own state. They have entitled to have, uh, have right of self-rule. Uh, but Israel have consistently denied this right to them. And after that, now that uh, Hamas emerged, that is the armed uh, and is being designated as terrorist organizations by many Western countries. And they took up arm to get this uh, right of, uh, uh, right of uh, you know, their own land and having their right of self-determination. So they realized that political struggle is not going to pay, uh, is not going to work. So they have to take up arms against Israeli occupation. Uh, so what happened that Israel, all these Arab countries, uh, they have been uh, putting this two-nation theory, two-state theory, as a as a precondition for improving relations with uh, with Israel or to recognize Israel as a state, but what we have seen in recent trends that uh, these Arab countries they ignored um, this two-state theory and started recognizing Israel and started doing business with Israel. This is what we have seen that uh, Abraham Accord under Trump administration, where UAE, Bahrain, Morocco, they all started doing business with Israel. And now recently, uh, 
um, Saudi Arabia and Israel were so close of announcing peace treaty under which it was expected that Saudi Arabia is going to recognize Israel and they are going to start having diplomatic relations and they are going to start having economic relations. So this uh, prompted Hamas to come up with these terrorist organized uh, terrorist attacks last weekend where they had this unprecedented attack and Israel was taken by surprise. It was shocking. Nobody saw it coming. And uh, so this is how we got in there, that Hamas wants to bring this Palestinian issue on international agenda. Again, Hamas uh, was under this impression that we are being ignored by international community and by these regional countries. So what does Hamas hope to accomplish politically by doing this? So Hamas is hoping to accomplish this Palestinian issue that to bring this two-state um, two-state uh, option again on international agenda to push Israel to move towards this negotiating this two-state agenda and it is interesting that Hamas knew that after this attack Israel is going to retaliate massively and. Hamas can use that to its advantage as well. It is going to. Um, so this is one thing that Israel needs to uh, needs to think, needs to ponder upon that why Hamas is having so much support uh, in Gaza Strip. Um, because uh, if uh, over two million people are living there, uh, they are living fifty uh, percent. There is more than 50% poverty there. They do not have access to clean water. They do not have access to uh, basic necessities of life. Uh, so Hamas is, uh, you know, getting support from these conditions. If Palestinian people, they have their land, they have all the basic necessities of life, uh, they won't be supporting this uh, these terrorist organizations or these terrorist activities. So they do it out frustration. So it works both way for Hamas. If uh, Israel is attacking, Israel is having the siege, preventing all the, uh, clean water, food, medicine, uh, any necessity of life is not being uh, allowed to go uh, in Gaza Strip. So that is going to work in, in Hamas uh, propaganda purposes as well. I, I read that, that um, part of what they want to do is create Palestinian martyrs. Um, in part because it's a way of freezing Israel's peace initiatives with other Arab countries. What do you think about that? Yes, yes. I mean, this is what Anthony Blinken, uh, U.S. Secretary of State, said that I'm not surprised because U.S. was mediating this peace treaty between Saudi Arabia and Israel. So they were so close announcing this, uh, Mohammed bin Salman and Netanyahu, they were so close announcing this peace treaty. And this is one of the objective of Hamas to, to disrupt this. And uh, they, are, they are consistently under this impression that they are being ignored, that all these Arab countries, uh, they are going ahead, improving relations with Israel, recognizing Israel without discussing these Palestinian issue there. I mean, this is obviously not supported by all Palestinians though, right? I mean, and, and many innocent people have, have died here. So what, do you, what are your thoughts on how, how what Hamas has, has done? So Hamas doesn't care about this civilian casualty. Uh, he, uh, Hamas, uh, as I said that Hamas knew that Israel is going to retaliate. There are going to be, you know, civilian casualties. And that civilian casualties Hamas can, uh, you know, use for propaganda purposes, that this is how 
Israelis as bad as we are, or even worse than that, look at this, uh, what they are doing to civilians and innocent people. The, the sad thing is that if Hamas is attacking Israel, innocent people are being killed. If Israel is attacking Gaza, straight Israel, innocent people are being killed. These are the civilian casualties, civilian crises. Uh, this is what uh, UN Secretary General also raised this concern that we need to be concerned about this humanitarian crisis, that how civilian casualties are going up. Uh, last uh, figures that we do have that Hamas attack killed more than 1,200 Israelis and Israeli strikes killed more than 950. So these are innocent people. They are being killed and they are, uh, they are suffering. Uh, this is what uh, it is also being raised, this concern that we know that Israel is being, and this is unprecedented attack on Israel. Israel was not expecting it. Uh, it is complete intelligence failure. But um, there are also concerns that this response uh, is, uh, is going to have this uh, massive uh, civilian casualties. And this is what UN Secretary General said, that there are rules of war and we need to uh, we need to respect those uh, humanitarian law of war where civilians need to be protected and uh, and this siege preventing them basic necessity of life is against international law. So civilians are, are suffering on both sides. Based on, well, based on a lot of things, but also on what, what Netanyahu said and other political leaders, it sounds like there's escalation is guaranteed. I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be yeah. escalated violence. I mean, well, what is the... What are your main worries about the potential fallout of, of the escalation and how far how far this could be taken? So there are concerns, of, there are genuine concerns of escalation. This is what uh, President Biden came out and categorically said that we do not want this this uh, this war to be escalated. Now there is one development to watch is that if Hezbollah gets involved in here. Uh, uh, I mean, it was like a couple of minutes ago, it was in media. That, so there was this brief rocket attack from Lebanon into Israel where Hezbollah uh, fired rockets in Israeli territory and Israel retaliated to that. But that was a brief engagement. After that, we didn't see that. But now that, uh, like few minutes ago, it was in media that uh, Israeli army, um, uh, there was this, uh, this warning was issued by Israel army that there might be some paragliding or might be some aircraft or might be some uh, uh, some uh, maybe uh, air incursion uh, from Hezbollah side. But this is what we need to watch for if it expands to Lebanon where Hezbollah gets involved and Hezbollah attacks Israel. Uh, so that will escalate. And another thing is that uh, so it was uh, it was speculated that that Iran is involved in this. Uh, Iran, the, the level of sophistication of these attacks, the coordination of these attacks past weekend, uh, so it, it is uh, it is being said that maybe Iran is uh, involved in that. Iran supported. So Iran has history of supporting this Hezbollah and uh, Hamas for a long time. Uh, but United States said that we do not have that evidence where Iran is uh, at tactical level is directly involved in these attacks and we do not see that Iran war or with Israel. Iran is also dealing with its own internal uh, you know, stability. 
um, and geopolitically, Iran is in a better position nowadays. Iran got this hostage deal uh, with America. Where Iran uh, got the six billion um, funds uh, that is yet to be released, and then uh, China mediated this uh, uh, mediated between Saudi Arabia and uh, and Iran to improve relations. Uh, but this is another concern that if Iran gets involved, I don't think that it is in Iran's interest to escalate this and to to, to get involved in this war. Um, <clears throat> Hamas came to power in 2006, and there's been no elections since. So it's not a democracy in the Gaza Strip. It's a dictatorship run by a terrorist organization. And what they did, the attacks they did on Israel, like you said, the unprecedented attacks were just atrocious, just just amazing what they've done, just horrible. Uh, and, and it escalates into, into, into civilian innocents dying on both sides. But what they've done, it was so atrocious. And, and, and it was unprovoked in the sense that there was no one incident that provoked it. Uh, you could argue that it goes back you know, decades. But how could, how could what they've done and the fact that they have had no elections and a lot of the people, Palestinians living in the Gaza Strip, do not support them, how does that uh, gain support wider? They might get support of some of the more dictator Arab countries, but how does what they do further their cause to get support from the Western and Eastern countries when nobody, nobody with the right mind would, would agree with what they've done? So how could this possibly benefit them and get their goal when what they've done is so atrocious? This is hard to understand that what they were trying to, I'm, this is considered that these past weekend attacks are considered as 9-11 for, for Israel. Yeah. Israel got tremendous support around the world. Everyone came out condemning these terrorist attacks and showing support for Israel. So it is hard to understand that when you um, you take risks of that level and you know that you are being, uh, you know, there is going to be massive, massive response of Israel. You are going to get killed. You are not going to get. So I don't think that Hamas is getting any support around the world. All countries are condemning these, even those who are in support of having these uh, two-state theory, having these Palestinian rights uh, supporters, they are coming out and condemning these uh, these attacks. And here Hamas' position is that they lack no choice. Uh, we have like, uh, we are living these horrible conditions in Gaza Strip, where this densely populated land has no basic necessities of life. Uh, there is, as I said, that more than 50% poverty level is mm -hmm. there. Uh, so this is where they justify these attacks, these grounds, that this is consistent throughout Israeli atrocities that have caused, uh, uh, that have cornered us, and now we have no other choice but to respond like this. Uh, again, um, uh, if Israel is not going to address root cause, these problems will keep coming up. Um, so this has been long on agenda that Israel should accept this two-state theory. If people, they have education, if they have what clean water, access to clean water, food, education, um, jobs, uh, so if they have uh, access to all basic necessities of life, they won't be supporting these uh, terrorist activities. So the root so Israeli, uh, 
the root causes, yeah, we, and that's a good point. The root causes of, of, of anything, can, you draw it down, and this is what happens. And Hamas will say there's justification for what we did based on the root causes going back decades to British Palestine. Do you think there's any justification for what Hamas did? No, there is no. That does not justify this, what they did. They are trying to justify it, yeah. and nobody is buying that argument. Right. That even at what... Israel is doing that just not that does not justify these attacks violence is never the solution so what it's more violence okay good good segue what is I know this there is no solution because this thing probably can never be solved but in your opinion what should be done to bring things down or can anything be done right now to bring things down this is what uh, Canada is working on. This is what U.S. is working with other allies, with other countries, that we need to contain this conflict. We need to make sure that this conflict does not escalate. Um, in terms of this, Israel repeatedly said that Iran is involved in this. So, um, And if Hezbollah gets involved, it escalates to Lebanon. If, uh, if Iran gets involved, so that is going to escalate throughout the region. So the... The main objective is to make sure that this conflict is being contained in that region, in Gaza Strip, and it, it doesn't, uh, or West Bank, or it doesn't escalate in other parts of the world. Okay, we, we're going to have to let you go. Any, any final thoughts? So it is uh, amazing to see how Russia is beneficiary of all this conflict. Yeah, with uh, the... <laughs> this has diverted West attention away from Ukraine. And this is benefiting Russia. This war has opened two-front war for Western countries. And now this is good news for Russia that Western countries' attention are being diverted away from Ukraine towards Middle East. Yeah, that's right. It's interesting. That's Even though, point. yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, because now you got attention everywhere now. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, thank you so much for sharing your insight with us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Volkswagen. Das Auto. Terrible events happening, and um, and you're going to get people who are going to criticize you for if you say one side or the other. That's the problem, I think, with this whole thing is that no one side is innocent. Although what Hamas did, in my opinion, uh, is beyond the pale, and nothing, nothing justifies it. But as the professor said, you go to the root cause of why this happens, and and you get into uh, a huge complex history that we can't even be begin to understand yeah we've never been there we haven't lived there and I, I know the gaza strip i've read that it's the most densely populated place on earth it can only be misery there all you can hope is that something saner heads prevail but i have very little confidence that uh i mean i, I i'm 55 just turned 55 and i remember as i mentioned to heidi in 1979 i think it was 79 78 jimmy carter had um had um, Yasser Arafat and I think Begin there, I think it was, and it was a real big deal. Uh, um, Sadat was there from Egypt. It was a big deal. Um, this was the Middle East, the beginning of peace there. And then we have the Madrid Conference in 92, Oslo in 93, uh, 2003, another one with George Bush. It never ends. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know what, you know, it just never ends. And, 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 I, and you can forgive everyone in the West for being confused because it's so confusing. You think there's peace, there's not peace. There's all these different militant groups coming up. It's a mess. Did and, you and get it's, it's feedback bad. from 
uh, readers calling in because we posted uh, he posted the Dwyer column. I'm sure people disagree and agree. And you know, Di Dyer, uh, I wrote ran his column today. In fact, in, in place of one of mine because I think it's an important column. It's a good column. It's about the history and you, and, and and he didn't take any sides. He said this is what's happening and this is why it's happening and and God forbid it gets worse, but he think it might. I got some some people po a lot of people posted on on Twitter X saying this is a good read. Got a couple of people uh, who, who don't like him anyway who said oh he, he's he's uh, and they're more Palestinian. Palestinian people who readers and um, Alan Bass who's um, Dale Bass's uh, husband your former journalism instructor he he read it, in, it on our on our site and he he because you can't link because of the whole Bill C-18 thing he actually posted the entire column yeah and said it was a must read so it's a good it's a good column people should pick up the Canvas This Week newspaper today October 11th or go online to canvasthisweek.com click under the opinion tab and read the dire column and read the column right before it is last week's column because he almost predicted what was going to happen two columns in a row give you a good sense of what's happening over there thoughts on the show mike heavy show heavy show um i've got a friend that i've uh, co-developed products with before that uh, lives over there and um it's scary times you know a lot of some of these attacks happen two kilometers from his house and he's in a shelter he's in a shelter right now while we're, we're i just texted him to see how he was doing and he's in a shelter so um scary times you know when you have people doing that I, I don't understand it but I, I agree it's yeah it's never that's not an option no <laughs> so yeah it's been a heavy show thanks for watching we got to thank our sponsors as well we're up to 460 plus subscribers now on YouTube so thanks to the last week click for tuning in and thanks to Terry low 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 rates at Volkswagen not L-O-W-E, but L-O-W, low yes. rates. His rates are just, he can never understand it, but they're, they're very, very low rates. Very low. That folks uh, Steve Rogers, Gord Stevens, at Gord's Appliance and Mattress Center, and his daughter, Reese Wilson, who's becoming famous on Instagram with all her ads that she helps us with. Thank you to Gord's Appliance and Mattress Center. And, of course, Brandy Seacon and McDonald's. Ba -ba 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 -ba. We appreciate you. Yep. For Christopher, for Magic Mike, for Billa Marty, we'll see you last week.